back, everyone, to another episode of All Good in the Brotherhood podcast. I am Brother Francisco Whitaker, and joined with me today is my compatriot and brother-in-arms, Nate. What's up, guys? So today, we're just going to dive right into our topic. And this came up, uh, actually, through a class I had this semester. Um, It was about um, the missionary parish. But something my teacher said one time was, uh, when Mother Teresa of Calcutta was visiting the United States in one of her many visits to the U.S., um, she commented, uh, I believe it was in one of her presentations to Congress. I think she gave a couple mm, yeah. of lectures to Congress, um, whatever. But at one point she said, I have been in many places in the world, very poor places. Obviously, she ministered in India, which is one of the poorest places in the world. And she said, yet I have seen um, more poverty in America than anywhere else. And she said, it is not, however, a poverty of materialism or a poverty of, um, you know, amenities or comfort, but America suffers most profoundly from a poverty of relation or a poverty of relationships. Yeah. So I immediately, as sh- when um, Dr. Beharic uh, said that in our class, uh, wrote down that just like that simple phrase poverty of relation and thought that it would be something cool that you and I could talk about today oh yeah so um I thought we would just kind of look at what does that even mean what does poverty of relation mean what causes it in the United States and and just in the modern world it's not necessarily just a U.S. dilemma but it definitely very obviously a problem in America um and then what are some effects that we see in the world? Right. And then maybe how can we counteract those effects and causes and bring about a richness in relationship rather than a poverty? So um, basically, poverty relationship, as I understand as a definition, is just tr- a lack of true, authentic relationship with mm-hmm. other people. Um, you know, po- material poverty is you know lack of wealth, lack of things. Um, you know, information poverty is you, you don't know what's going on in the world. Uh, you don't know, uh, you know, ins and outs of what this country is doing or even what your own government or anything like that. But poverty relation is that you have no authentic connection with other people. And mm-hmm. instead you're living either um, virtually or you're living, uh, you know, just completely alone. So what would you peg understanding that as some of the the main causes for that in the United States? I think the main cause is just to go off of what you just said, um, namely, kind of in the little definition you gave, it it seems to uh, be that this lack of relationships would come about through sort of one of two kind of uh, failures or one of two things missing, namely, either you only have kind of virtual relationships in replacement of real ones, Mm -hmm. or you, or you, really don't have any relationships at all. You're just lonely. Yeah. Um, so in both cases, there'd be that lacking or that poverty of authentic relationships. So from those two, uh, I think you can really get some particular causes from those two kind of general categories. Uh, I think from the first, namely virtual relationships, trying to replace authentic relationships, you would have a big thing nowadays um, would be social media, I think. For sure, for sure. Where you have people posting and messaging one another and you know that they can read each other's stories and generally keep up on each other's lives, whether it's you know through Instagram or or TikTok or, or even Facebook if, if you're a boomer. Yeah, right. Um, but you, you can generally keep up on one another's lives in this 
a very instantaneous way. So you feel like, oh, yeah, we have this relationship. So I check in on them. They check in on me. Mm-hmm. You know, every now and then we message. But in fact, you, you don't have any common experiences together. Right. You don't. Yeah. You're not oriented together as, as true friends should be towards some sort of goal. You just kind of you check in on them and you get a little bit of soundbite or information about what they're doing. That's the extent of it. You don't have conversations or experience together. And so that's a virtual relationship. You feel like you're forming this relationship when in fact you're not. Um, and then on the other side of the, of kind of the two categories you laid out there where it's just you're, you're lonely, you're, you're lacking relationship just by simply not having them at all. That I think would come about through, through a number of beliefs in our society where... Just actually real quick before you get to those. Sorry, sorry. Um, when you're talking about social media, especially when you said, you know, you, you follow people, you see what they're doing. Um, I heard someone say recently that we know more about each other than we ever had before, but we know less about who, like... We know each who, other less. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, because, like, I could tell you, like, you know, when so-and-so got a dog, or right. where they went for summer vacation or all that, mm-hmm. but I couldn't actually tell you um, what his or her you know, personal struggles are mm-hmm. or what his favorite day would be or what's a memory he regrets yeah. um, or what's something sh- she loves about her, uh, her mom. You know, those things you can only personal find. Personal things. Exactly. Um, maybe people could share like, oh, like happy Mother's Day, da, da, da. But you're not really saying like mm-hmm. what you really mean in your heart. You can't do that without personal interaction. So right. just more to that point with social media, but go yeah. ahead. No, actually I kind of, now that you bring that up, I kind of want to go into that point just a little bit more. Like I, I think what you said is hundred percent right for, for seemingly several reasons. One of it's one, sorry, one of which is that we know in social media, people don't always even post their authentic selves. Oh, that's so true. Though. So, you know, you post this um, sort of glamorized form of your life where, you know, you show the exciting things you do and you show when you go on vacations, and, and that's about it. And you put on a filter so you look nice. Um, and so your so-called friends, your kind of virtual friends, even when they're trying to check in on you, maybe see how you're doing, mm-hmm. and they go to your to your page and see what you're up to, they're not even necessarily seeing the real you that they would if they had you in a conversation. Yeah. And um, and then that just leads to the, this feeling oh, of I'm satisfying the need for a relationship when really you're not because you're not forming one. And the other the other thing I'm thinking of too is. Social media is really dangerous in that um, it allows us to have this sense of a virtual relationship that we we think is a good one about not just a handful of people about about uh, but about hundreds of people. That's yeah. So, right. so we think we're connected to tons and tons of people. Right. We think we're more connected than maybe ever before because you know in, in a normal life without social media you would probably have a relationship with you know, uh, at least a solid relationship with probably only five or six people maybe. And, mm-hmm. and you know, you have a, a wider circle of friends beyond that, but not too large. But with social media, yeah, you can have hundreds of followers, thousands of followers. And in some way, because you kind of know what's going on, like you said, you know about the person. Yeah. Um, you can feel like you have this bond, but you don't know the person. And you don't know maybe any of them mm-hmm. when it looks like you somehow have a friendship with, with hundreds. And that's funny because like Instagram even has like a separate category for your quote-unquote close friends Mm -hmm. and it's not like you pick like oh these are like people that i actually have relationships with it's literally just based on those who like your stuff the most and who like check in on your like back Mm. and forth on your story and stuff more so close friendships on like social media wise are like don't really mean a whole lot of anything father mike smith actually talks about how through social media we live like you said like we put our best self forward he calls it an edited life 
like that. So that on, only that which I desire people to see are they going to see. Mm-hmm. And if I post something that I later regret, I can take it down. Yeah. I, Act no, like it never happened. Exactly. It's I no longer like am being vulnerable in like opening up about something to other mm-hmm. people. And they're and like it's you know being vulnerable and opening up about your weaknesses one on one of the conversation is scary because you can never take it back. Right. Whereas social media, you literally can take it back. Oh yeah. Um, and, so you know, it, maybe if they there's like no danger. Right. No, hundred percent. It's it's very fake. It's, it it really has no um, true resemblance to an actual what a friendship is supposed to be. But it just kind of looks like it in in this sort of accidental qualities that seem to yeah. seem to look like it, but they're, they're sure. fake. Um, so well, what before we beat the dead horse about social media, you right. had more to talk about. Well, I, I actually wanted to turn it to you, like what you think are some examples of because we said the two categories yeah, that seem sure. to cause um, lack of friendships. Um, the one, the first was virtual, but then the second is people are just lacking relationships of any kind of people because they kind of isolate themselves. What do you yeah. think are particular examples in America that we see of that? Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, like you said, uh, multiple. Uh, I would say just a the American kind of workaholic mentality, mm-hmm. um, kind of you know. Just a constant busyness. You're constantly active, yeah. particularly to work. So, so many people have their identity in, in their job, um, but also just besides that, like Americans can't really rest well. Yeah. And even if they're with other people, there's like always this need to be doing something. So, mm-hmm. like, let's go. We got to go out to the bar. Let's go and watch a movie. We got to go and do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not quote unquote working, you're still making yourself busy. Yeah. Instead of just being able to relax. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not talking about like relaxing in front of the television. That's right. not relaxing. Right. Uh, I'm talking about like shutting stuff off. And having a conversation, maybe it could be over a drink, but right. and you could even do that out in a bar. But like, could you just do it at home? You know, could you right. just do it? you and a buddy have a cigar on the porch, or mm-hmm. uh, you and your girlfriend? You know, just go out and have like a sit on you know by the lake or something like that. Right. You know, um, do what, some leisure activity exactly. But this kind of workaholic mentality is like I don't have time for like investing in like an actual relationship. So I'll just have a bunch of these like fake or half ones. Right. And I honestly have definitely felt that pull in my life. Mm-hmm. Like I have to work out today. I have to do my homework. I have to do my campus ministry work. Um, and then someone calls me. It's like, Hey, could we talk today? I'm like, oh, like I have no, to like don't really want to fit them into my schedule. It's like, mm-hmm. no, yeah. uh, friendship shouldn't have to fit in. I should fit other things into like yeah. into friendships. Yeah. Um, and then another idea or another, uh, cause within this realm i think is uh the rise in addictive behavior and just addictions right in our culture um i mean there's so like for i mean alcoholism drug abuse which continues to get gets bigger worse and and worse i know our hometown of gross city just has more and more heroin problems Mm -hmm. this is a small tiny christian town and still like like heroin all over the place um and then uh pornography um being such a another another example of like a virtual right. taking intimacy to a virtual level right. um that now i don't even need a person um i can just watch a screen right um you're living in a fantasy yeah exactly and and now you have no relation with that person you're mm-hmm. just you have cut off 
any kind of humanity from them. Mm. And now that they're, they're simply like a digital representation of something you internally want. Mm. Um, That's a good way of putting it. So that, and then all of those things, while they're also causes, they also end up being like symptoms. Mm. So if we feel we're disconnected, we're going to want to treat that feeling. So we're going to treat it with alcohol. We're going to treat it with drugs. We're going to treat it with some kind of sexual pleasure. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's a cycle, it's a vicious exactly. cycle. But then when we're in those, and that's the problem with addiction, is when you're in it for such a long time, you want to get out, but you don't feel like you have the power to, and you don't want to admit to other people that you suffer from that problem. So you'll keep yourself distanced from other people. Mm -hmm. So your loneliness causes your addiction, your addiction feeds your loneliness, and then it keeps on going. Mm -hmm. um, actually, right. I saw an interview um, from this ex-porn star uh, from Fighting the New Drug. They did this video. Yeah. And he was talking about how um, he went and did films to make money to do drugs to hide the pain that he was doing the films. That's and just incredible. keeps on going back and back and like this vicious cycle. And that's, right. we think like, oh, well, I'm not like an actor like that. So, you know, my, you know. That wouldn't happen to me. But America is freaking gripped by addiction. Right. Um, and it's causing us to continue to distance ourselves from other people at first consciously, but or at first subconsciously, but then we have to like consciously do it because yeah. I don't want to admit that this is in my life. Mm -hmm. um, so I would, I would say that for sure. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think both the last two things you said a hundred percent come about uh, and really both, I think intend towards this, that vicious cyclical nature where, yeah, you you're a workaholic, so you don't have friends, but you don't have you don't form friendships, so you just turn back to work. Cause at least something satisfying. And same thing with drugs, or or any addiction. Uh, I think in a in a general sense, though, there's there's another big thing that causes this, and it sounds like a a classic uh, Christian thing to say, but really, um, a lack of belief in God for sure will really oh yeah damage yeah. your ability to have good relationships because if, if you believe in God. You know, you believe in an ultimate goodness and you believe in, in something that unites and something that draws, it should draw all people together is kind of a, a goal. Mm -hmm. And so it's naturally going to bring you together with other people and you're, and, and also you know that God, like uh, at least the Christian God, we believe that he is love itself. Yeah. And so it, uh, we want to imitate that. So we want to share in that love and that's love is meant to be shared with people around us. So we're naturally not just, um, going to tend towards form relationships if we have a belief in God, but we're going to desire and it's going to be imperative that we form good relationships with people around us. Yeah. And it's going to really follow naturally. And because we, we have an understanding of something good and we'll see that good in other people. And so we'll be drawn to them. We'll want to share these experiences. And when you have those kind of experiences, that's the kind of stuff that these authentic relationships are made of. Yeah. Um, so on the flip side, then if you lack the belief in God, um, then you're you're not going to have as many opportunities to form good friendships. You can have friendships of utility, mm -hmm. right? Where okay, well, this is a work buddy of mine. We get stuff done together. Where you know maybe he helps me build something in my yard, um, you know that. Or you could have a friendship of, of pleasure, where you have someone that you know you go drink a drinking buddy, you know, and you yeah. can, you can have some good jokes with them sometimes and get to know each other pretty well. Or or maybe you know you do sports with them and you just kind of enjoy their company. But you're never going to have the fully the, the most authentic or deepest relationship. That you can, which Aristotle would call the friendship of virtue, yeah, namely yeah. a friendship where you're both oriented towards some good, some ultimate good, and you know that that kind of friendship or, or authentic relationship is the one that's going to cause you to encourage one another, you know, call each other out if necessary, and it's really it's the authentic relationship that our soul really craves. 
But without a belief in God, you can't have any of that because you need that end in mind for you to form the relationships trying to get to the end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because if you don't understand like that we're destined for heaven or that there's more to life than what this earth has for us, right. then if that's all we believe, then all we're going to want is to have friendships that make us feel as a, like, quote unquote alive or as, you know, as pleasured as possible. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, authentic friendships don't always feel good all the time, but they're yeah. always good for us. Um, Aquinas says that there is nothing to be valued more highly on earth than authentic friendship. Wow. Um, and the reason for that is because when you have a true friend, they call you out, they stick with you, um, they lead you towards ha- true happiness and virtue. Um, but if we don't have a belief in God, who is the center of what it means to be truly happy and who is the source of virtue, mm-hmm. um, then we're just not going to be able to have either the capacity or really the understanding or the desire yeah. uh, to have those kind of friendships, mm-hmm. which is good. So those are, you know, level of, on the level of causes, um, which I think we ended up in, in, like, you know, indirectly also talking about some of the effects that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think... Um, like a huge problem that we're seeing because of a poverty of relation in our world is such an increase in mental illness, um, particularly like mental uh, problems or the problems of depression and high anxiety in mm-hmm. our in our culture. Right. Um, uh, actually, uh, directly linking back to social media, mm-hmm. um, like you said, we feel like we have all these connections, but then at the end we actually do admit to ourselves that we don't really have any friends. Right. We don't have any true friends. And that's a very lonely and depressing place to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we already, if we're already predisposed or if one person is predisposed to having, you know, unfortunately a bit of, you know, a, uh, a difficulty carrying the cross of depression, this is only going to accentuate it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not here to say that depression is, you know, completely caused by all of these things. I understand that it is something that people suffer with and that they carry. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is worsened. Oh, it's absolutely by worsened. This. Actually, uh, a good friend of mine, Sophie, she has a sticker on her laptop that says, um, social media um, directly affects and negatively affects your mental health. Yeah. And that's like something that we really need to remember, that these virtual connections, these fake connections, are going to worsen problems we might already have. Yeah. Um, or they might even create them they in us. They might create them, yeah. And, and I think that's a very likely um really a likely problem right now we're looking at um unprecedented rates of depression loneliness even like young suicide yeah i mean i heard recently a poll and this was a pretty objective poll it's done by some i don't know exactly who but it was was a pretty scientific poll that determined roughly half of gen z identifies as having some sort of um i guess we'd say like psychological struggle whether it's loneliness or depression anxiety one of those things and that that is itself that statistic 50 percent of a whole generation in america that's unprecedented in in a country where we have so much like you said so much material prosperity so much kind of almost decadence at this point mm-hmm. where we should be comfortable but no we're, we're de- more depressed than ever more lonely and anxious than ever and I, I think it can't just be a coincidence that this is the first generation that's grown up with social media at their fingertips at all times that's so true though it, it has to be linked and and yeah so there, there's social media that that causes these things like depression and and loneliness and and ultimately sometimes even suicide sadly um, but then the other the other causes that we talked about you know workaholism um 
and and what were the other ones? Addiction, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. and a, not believing in God, right? A failure to believe in God. That these things, um, they they cause these effects. But what, as we addressed, even while talking about the causes, the real danger is that they're cyclical. They're this yeah. vicious cycle where, for example, you have an addiction, so it, it makes you kind of feel depressed or lonely and isolated because. Uh, for example, something porn, like pornography or drug use, that's something you're going to do kind of by yourself because it's, it's shameful mm-hmm. or you, you feel embarrassed and you wouldn't want somebody else to find out. So it, it's, it's this addiction which causes then uh, an effect of loneliness and isolation and then you feel lonely and isolated and so you turn back to the addiction to, to kind of try to put a Band-Aid on the wound. So it's, it's this vicious cycle and, and all these causes and effects seem kind of linked in a sort of cycle. Oh, for sure. And... Um talking about like if we have a lack of relation social anxiety is going up for people like they yeah. they don't know how to interact with other people they get so worked up if they're in a crowd they're afraid that people are constantly you know comparing them to other people they're looking down on them and if all we see in other people is their social media posts which is everything's great my life's right. amazing mm-hmm. um, or all we see is like other people talking about their work ac- work accomplishments mm-hmm. um, or how like, oh, I went on this cruise, you know, all these things that people are doing, right. but not who they are. All that's going to make them think is, wow, I am not worth anything. Mm-hmm. And how could and I could go, how could I go out to a group of people? How could I go out to meet someone? Because um, like, clearly I don't have anything to offer. Mm-hmm. All these people have way more to offer than me. Mm-hmm. These people are interesting. These people have lives. These people are successful, da, 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 da. I don't have any of that, so I'm. I have to stay in my room, or I have to right. be alone, or I guess I can only interact with people virtually. Mm-hmm. So self worth and identity become a crisis, right. and especially when you stack on top of that, not really having a relationship with God, mm-hmm. who is the source of what it means to be, uh, you know, known and a child of God to have our identity and to recognize that we have worth. If you don't have that on. Mm-hmm. top of it uh, we have nowhere to look to right. and if we have nowhere to look to why bother looking at all so um, true so then we, we just get stagnated in this like you said a cycle we just get stuck in it mm-hmm. and, and it feels unbreakable exactly and it's and it actually is unbreakable on our own right and that's why the 12 step program of addiction recovery um, has the first step is I have an addiction and I'm powerless to overcome it. Right. And they assign you a mentor, a close friend. Mm-hmm. So immediately in this is a sense of community is needed to break through addiction. So, right. um, like, yo, and, and these effects, depression, loneliness, you know, a need, a desire to commit suicide or not having self-worth or identity are helped mm-hmm. if you form authentic community. You need to reach out. And it's intimidating because while you're in that state, like you're saying, based off these, these kind of judgments we have of other people um, like or, or a lack of sense of our own self-worth, we may be intimidated by wanting to reach out to people, but it's the only way that we can start to break the cycle. Yeah. That's the thing. The, the scariest thing, the thing just outside our comfort zone, when we're in that cycle and we feel trapped, is the thing that actually can begin the process of breaking out of the cycle and getting to, to freedom. Whether you're talking about an addiction or you're talking about any other thing, whether it's um, the, the other causes we talked about, whether it's... Um, just not having friendships of virtue where, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you do feel like you have less self-worth because you're not 
you, you don't have somebody accompanying you on a path towards towards goodness and virtue or you know if it's workaholism where you're kind of just trapped in this cycle of you're just working and that's the only satisfaction that's the you, only identity feel. you have right um so yeah really i guess it might seem like we're kind of repeating the same things a lot but it's just important to drive home this point that these these causes and these effects they're it's really awful and they are things that aren't just bad and will weigh down on you but they'll they'll weigh down on you and cause you to want to fall right back into them so you're in this this endless cycle without relationships if you if you if you don't have an authentic relationship then it's it's going to be life's going to be really hard it's going to be miserable yeah and, and it's it, so important that we have an authentic relationship yeah and i i, I want to speak uh right now to like if you're listening and you're kind of feeling like i'm in that place you're talking about uh do not give up hope uh, because that's that's the whole point is that these things rob us of hope that we have that Absolutely. there's any change yeah. um but if you're if you're hearing us and thinking like man that's me but i have no idea how i'm going to get out of this or like is that's sure maybe it's possible for other people but it's it's i'm beyond redemption i'm beyond connection with other people i'm beyond god's mercy whatever it is if you think that um that's satan telling you that because right. hell is he wants everyone down there, but when he gets you down there, you're completely isolated. So he wants to make hell on earth by isolating us. Mm -hmm. So the best way to do that is to cut us off from authentic connections to other people. So now you might ask, like, how in the world do I start then authentic connection? How do I reestablish friendships with other people? And the first step is the scariest step, um, which is being bold to admit that, like, yeah, maybe I'm stuck in a place I don't want to be, but go out there. People want to be your friend. They want to be in relationship mm -hmm. with you. You might think that's not true, or we might, I certainly tell myself that all the time. Like, like who would really, like, really want to be my friend? Right. Like, I have people who are around, and they seem to like me, but, like, does anyone, like, really, really interested mm -hmm. in, like, having a friendship with me? Right. I struggle with that personally. Yeah. Um, and I think believing truly believing that that other people do want to have relationships with us right. and they do want to have someone they can share good times with and that they can actually love for for like if, if it's you personally that's feeling this way you, you have to have faith that there's somebody out there not necessarily so far out of reach that's willing to have the love of friendship with you yeah exactly rather than because it, it really is difficult especially if you're in this kind of pit or cycle of especially um, social anxiety or a lack of sense of your own self-worth that can be intimidating because um, you don't want to put yourself out there. It's, it, it is scary and especially can be hard when I, I can speak to this like you're, you're speaking to your own experiences. In my experiences, I've, I've had moments where, um, you know, maybe I'll be reaching out to people or trying to uh, form a friendship or you know, just even if it's just over text, just trying to reach yeah. out to somebody to see if they, if they want to do something and sometimes it can feel like I'm the one putting the work in. Yeah. And then I think to myself, well, it seems like they're not reciprocating the work, so I guess they, they don't necessarily want to form that friendship. Mm -hmm. But the the effort, we do, we just have to keep putting the effort and Us. persevering. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. can't give up. Even if it, even the first person we try to reach out towards turns out to be a jerk, well, we, we have to keep trying because there ultimately there is going to be someone out there and, and likely many people who are willingly going to participate in an authentic relationship if we just try. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Dude, I just want to totally agree with you on that. And on both ends, like if we're desperate 
and like we're going out to persevere like to continue to ask but also on the other end if you recognize that there's someone who you know needs a connection absolutely and you reach out to them and they turn you down persist persist mm-hmm. persist persist um and with that then is a reestablishment. i think we need to have of our priorities so you talked about work a holism um that's like that's placing work as the highest priority in our day mm-hmm. um or like kind of a virtual that our social uh media relationships or virtual ones are higher priorities mm-hmm. we need to reestablish what is important to us in each day um and that should be like making sure that each day we've had at least one solid real interaction with someone um so that way if we go to bed maybe we've had mainly virtual or we just kind of seem dry we know at least that there was that one person that Mm -hmm. we had an authentic connection with right i think doing that is really important um and then finally having what were you gonna say well, I was just going to say, sorry, in the, the act of reaching out, because it sounds sort of like this abstract thing, like just reach out and try to find a friend. It can be intimidating, but honestly, there, you can almost kind of build up to it by little moments of practice. You go to the grocery store, and there's that cashier, and ordinarily, you know, maybe you just grab your food uh, that you just bought at the grocery store after you pay, and then just walk out. Yeah. Just say something friendly. Just start, strike up like a quick little one-minute conversation. Just kind of practice. If, if really the trouble is we feel in this cycle of, intimidation towards just wanting to you know be kind of closed in ourselves and not wanting to reach out to other people we we need to start with just small steps to just kind of come out of ourselves come out of our own shell yeah, that's 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 great yeah and then what i was gonna say is just, just finally that relationship also we have to prioritize our relationship with god absolutely either yeah. again or over and over and over again because mm-hmm. um, when we orient ourselves towards god um, we're orienting ourselves towards the good. Right. Who is good? God is goodness itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and he shows to us what is good for us. And when we have that orientation, then our relationships with other people are going to not just be for what they can get for us. Because that's what social media is. That's what addiction mm-hmm. is, is. And workaholism, it's all about feeding myself, yeah. um, which is all emptying. In the end, it's actually emptying. Whereas if we see that there's something good, something beyond, mm-hmm. which we were talking about already, that I want that for you as my mm-hmm. friend, um, and I know you want it for me. Yeah. Um, and so by giving, as St. Francis of Assisi says, is actually in giving in which we receive. Mm-hmm. Um, so by having that relationship with God, again, uh, we begin to have that reorientation of what is good. Right. Um, and if you're afraid to go to God because you're like, I don't know if I can have a re- relationship with him anymore after all these things that happened, I know I quote Aquinas all the time, right. but um, you actually gave me a prayer book of his um, back for, was it Christmas? For, for my birthday. birthday. Yeah. And, um, oh, you use that? Let's go. I do it. I love it. It's my favorite prayer book. Let's go. Um, but in it, he actually, it's in his prayer about, um, uh, like, uh, uh, apologize, not apologizing, what's the word? Um, Apologetic? No. It's in his uh, prayer about um, asking for forgiveness for sins. Okay. But he says, in sinning... Um, I chased after that which I should fear, mm-hmm. and I feared you, which I should only love. Hmm. So like running for sin, which we should be afraid of because it separates us from right. God, we end up running from God and are afraid of him, which is only love. So don't be afraid to run to God mm-hmm. um, because what we should be afraid about is being lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we should never be afraid about is how God even 
despite everything we've done, never leaves us in our loneliness. Exactly. To, to the point where it's not even just us running to God. Like I think of that image of the story the prodigal son that yeah. um, that Christ tells, where you know the, the prodigal son realizes what he's been doing is wrong, so he starts heading back to his father's home. But then his father sees him from a long way off, just yeah. and and runs and embraces him. Yeah, exactly. that's the way God's mercy and grace works. He, he, all we need to do is put in a little effort, just show those signs of repentance, and then he's right there. For he's sure. immediately there to help us and help us the rest of the way, and with his grace, with his mercy, and and so yeah, we're we're getting religious now, but I think yeah. it's it's really important because th- this that relationship with God, like you said, is absolutely foundational the most foundational thing to forming friendships with those around us. We can't have authentic relationships with our, with our fellow humans without an authentic relationship with our God. Yeah. And and so we we really first and foremost we need to work on developing that. And that that is a process, it's a continual process, it's not something that is done overnight or sure. even in in a few years, but it's a continual process of conversion which itself will then lead to the continual process of of us forming better and better and, and stronger relationships with our fellow Christians and those around us. Yeah. Great. Thanks, Nate. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you all for listening. And we uh, look forward to having you continue with us on our journey. If you have any more questions uh, that you would like for us to discuss or topics or anything like that, feel free to send us an email at allgoodinbrohood at gmail.com or feel free to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at uh, allgoodinbrohood. Um, So uh, until next time, have a great day and God bless.